0: What do you experience in your body when you consider the phrase feminine? Do you find yourself scared? Do you find yourself wanting to move away or move towards or move against? Do you find yourself wanting to self-protect the phrase feminine? Do you find it irresistible or precarious? Do you find it nourishing or perhaps complex? Do you find a satisfaction or are you met with confusion? Do you find yourself brimming with hope and possibility? Friends, this is the deep end of the poll and welcome to another Become Good Soil podcast. Friends, it's Morgan with Sherry in the studio. Hi, babe. Hi, buddy. Thank you for coming back and for doing it again. I'm in. You're brave. I'm in. You're brave. I love it. Friends, we're honored to be with you. And we're. I'm sure we're catching you like we're catching ourselves in the midst of a furious life. And when I say furious, I mean there's frenzy, there's activity, there's demands, there's decisions. The phrase John and I have been using with conversation with each other is all that requires our loving attention, like there's nobility in that. And yet there's so much that requires our loving attention. And so friends, um, you're brave, you're brave to pause, to slow down to the speed of soul and to risk diving into really, really deep questions, curiosities, conversations. So, Cher, I have not shared with you, this is a grand reveal, the hey, title for buddy. this series, <laughs> but you're going to fall in love with me when you hear this title. Are you ready for this? Wow. we okay. talked about the topic, but here's the title. Honey, are you ready? Okay, I'm bracing myself. Okay. Sound guy, we need a drum roll. But like we don't have a sound guy, okay, so exactly. there's no drum roll. Okay. I'll do drum roll.
1: I was going <laughs> to say, but lay it okay, on me. You
0: ready? Bring it. The meta narrative of feminine love
1: (laughs) (laughs) sounds luminously complex.
0: (laughs) So, guys, my wife crafted her. um, Can I out you? My wife crafted her own major at Vanderbilt University, and I still don't really understand. I don't even know the title, but it was something about the meaning of meaning. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, hey, he guy. Let's just like, I'll, I'll like um. What's it called? Like a spoiler alert. It wasn't accepted. The teen was like, "I am so sorry, but I cannot approve that major."
0: At the core of it, my wife loves meaningfulness. <laughs> right? That's what your whole life is about. Like finding meaning. Right, and it it's beautiful, Cher. It's beautiful because Honey, I'm afraid
1: I'm rubbing up on you. I
0: know, I know. That's why I drink PBRs.
1: <laughs> I was about the and meta meta narrative of feminine it, love. Feminine love. Wow. And
0: that's why I wow. wear untucked shirts, no collars, and um, drink PBR because I read books. And I don't want to get too lost in ideas. Okay. So
1: one more like out. So when we went to Vanderbilt, <laughs> I don't know, like, about you being had, in like studio more often. fancy job at the like Dean's office. It was called Kirkland Hall. It was like the administration office. Do you remember the Dean? She had been a former um, professor of Spanish and she was so <laughs> no. slightly intimidating. No, cannot think of her name. Anyways, I'm picturing her being like. I'm so sorry, Morgan. I could not approve the meta narrative <laughs> of
0: feminine <laughs> love. This year. Well, here's where here's where I want to go with that. Um, I think these are big ideas, and I want to keep it super operational. But I believe that God has a treasure that He's been bringing to Sherry and to me, and we want to share it with you all to explore together to become curious. And I want to juxtapose two stories. Um, the first is the most recent headline that actually just came in the last couple of days that I noticed. And um, if you don't know, it's okay because I didn't know um, that uh, Spanish, um, that, that Spain won the Women's World Cup for the first time. I don't follow World Cup. I don't follow women's soccer. But Spain won in a huge celebration. But what's catching in the media the week after is the Royal Spanish Football Federation president, a man, um, Luis, uh, Luis Rubiales. Um, he's being criticized because all over the press, you can see it, he grabbed one of the players, this woman, Jennifer Hermosa, and he does sort of this full head embrace and kisses her on the lips in a moment of celebration uh, to her shock and dismay. And she's caught in this moment of like triumph, celebration, victory. The nation is elated. And this man in authority kisses her on the lips in front of everybody. And she's just um, very uncomfortable. And you just go, Whoa, what just happened with all this? And part of it is celebration. And there's excuses and explanations. But at the end of the day, there's a moment where a man in authority with strength, crosses a line where it wasn't okay. It wasn't welcomed. It wasn't appropriate. And it's very sad that that's the storyline. And it's really sad that Jennifer has to get tangled up in all of that. And it makes me go, what's gone wrong? And as you know, friends that track with BGS, problems in the world always reveal problems in our own soul. So I'm using the story as a mirror, okay? That's one snapshot. I want to juxtapose that to another snapshot of a buddy was sharing with me just an ordinary day at Starbucks. He pulled in, actually, this was last week as well. He had an early meeting, was picking up coffees for some people, and he pulled up to the window and the woman was super kind and just said, hey glad you're here. What can I get started for you? And how are you, how are you doing? What can I get started for you? And he was like caught off guard by her kindness. And he said, thank you so much. He put in his order and he pulled around the window and he chose to sort of take the risk of just reflecting back to her, his experience. And he said, Hey, I just want you to know, like your voice was so kind and I so appreciate like just your kindness. And I'm tired. It's early and like I just want you to know it, it matters. And she said, that's really interesting. People mock me all the time in the drive-thru. Mm. And he said to me, like he turned to her going, like what are you talking? Like, what do you mean? And he said, Oh, all the, she said all the time, people will like mock me by repeating my voice back to me, mm-hmm. making fun of it. Yeah. And he, he stopped right there and he, she had a name tag on. And so he said, Kelly, I want you to know that mockery is about them. It's not about you. Like what you do is very meaningful and necessary and beautiful. And her entire countenance changed. And she said, thank you so much. Like multiple times, she's like stepping over herself to say thank you. And I just, you know, he's a man I walk closely with. And I know he's become the kind of man that's attuned to this idea of what does it look like for a wholehearted, integrated man to interact with and even be integrated with wholehearted, mature femininity. What what is a picture in the world when femininity restored, partners with masculinity restored. And we believe that life has a story formed to it. That's why we fell in love with God even more with, through the larger story and the sacred romance. And we're in a story and that story has an origin and it has a destination. And it has an arc that has a lot to do with maturing and becoming whole and a lot of that is seated in feminine love and masculine love. And so share I have to just confess this idea of these dimensions of the heart of God expressed in through feminine love were very new to me, you know, half a decade ago or probably more closer to a decade now, but they have utterly transformed my life in God, but so much of it had to do with healing the parts of me that were um, unmothered in infancy and in the younger years, and so the younger parts of me re-repairing secure attachment. But lately, God's been showing me this arc continues, and as I mature and move from, you know, nursing and milk to solid foods, as Paul says. There's also this maturing of relationship between femininity and masculinity. And we see that in the nature of creation. Mm-hmm. And I want to explore some of these big questions and big ideas to invite people to become curious, almost pr- provoking um, uh, almost to, to sort of in a provocative way, ask, invite people to look under the hood and say, where are you? Mm-hmm. Where are you? Where do you wanna go and what might be in the way? So just that by way of introduction and even hearing those couple stories, um, what's your first reaction to that?
1: Hmm. Hmm. Well, buddy, first of all, um, I'm just sitting here and watching you share and reflect on those two stories. And I'm just appreciating, I notice um, not to be corny or cheesy, but you're really, it's really dear that you would even, I hear as a woman that you as a man would take that story of what happened to J- Jennifer Hermosa, like seriously and not um, deride that situation. I'm not noticing myself as a mm. woman that I, I'm watching my own body relax mm. um, into the conversation. And I think that's an interesting. Yeah, it's interesting to watch my own um, softening.
0: Can I ask you a little bit more about that? Of just as a woman, why is that? Why is that particularly stand out for you? Would it? It sounds like it. It looks like there's some feel behind it, and some yeah. experiences that you would be either surprised by that, or um, that's not normative mm-hmm. in some way. I, I don't know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I think part of it is, um, frankly, personal to you and me, and maybe moments when I've wanted to talk about something in current events that, um, like, seems really poignant to me, and mm-hmm. that that in, in historically maybe hit a nerve that it didn't end up being a connective experience for mm-hmm. us. Ended up being a um, disconnecting experience for us. Yeah. So I'm just thinking, like, wow, look how far we've come. Yeah. Um, so I think it's personal of just your who just seeing you and your good heart in your relationship with this moment, this historical moment, and then um, I think there's that feeling of um, I don't know, like maybe that voice of mockery, expecting I don't know, expecting that. Um, some sort of more justifying the pres- that the president's behavior than mm-hmm. being curious about it. Yeah. I, I I haven't. I have to confess, I haven't followed this in the in the in yeah. the current event, so I don't know what all the talk is about it. But um, I just feel really. It feels so kind that you, as a man, and you as Morgan, would be willing to, like, enter sympathetically into that moment. Yeah. Instead of, um, I don't know, deriding, if, if that was uncomfortable for Jennifer, deriding that. So I'm just really touched by that. I'm, I'm not sure what it's all about. but Yeah, that's I mean. good. Well,
0: I, I would confess that it's easier to avoid it
1: mm-hmm. as a
0: man. And now I'll make more of a generalization. I would say in masculinity, it's easier to avoid the complexity of relationship with mm-hmm. the feminine. Mm-hmm. Because it quickly gets pretty messy Mm -hmm. because it's deep and it's historic, right? Um, Some of our mentors say when something is hysterical, it's historical, right? There's always more feeding what we have come to believe and how we come to experience Mm -hmm. our present moment. And I would also add what I found is I want more and more of God. And so it's now become a non-negotiable. I have to get curious about the inter, interacting, interrelating of masculinity and femininity, and of course, we see a lot of this in marriage and a husband and wife. Like that's the epicenter of it. But I want to say there's so much more. Mm-hmm. I love it. There's so much more, mm. and we can get on to where even we get the limitations of a, an idolatry of marriage as being almost like the only place that it's sort of safe for masculinity and femininity to interact, um, which is rooted in all sorts of other complex things. And so I want to wrestle with this. I love it. So Mm. thank you for that. And I want to start, guys, I want to rewind a little. Um, I've taught on this for quite a number of years, and uh, there are many resources. So just sort of like prologue, if some of this is touching you, we won't go into all of it, but becomegoodsoil.com forward slash mother is sort of a page of a body of work that's all around this idea of feminine. And by way of introduction though, just for today, I wanna go back to Genesis, to design and rethinking a bit of Genesis 2 and 3 where it's this creative world where God is setting the stage for um, welcoming his image bearers, and he makes Adam. And then he says, it's not good for man to be alone. And so I'll make him a companion. And this idea that in the image of God, God created man and woman and so he sets the stage with an expression of himself and that expression takes the form of masculinity and femininity and i think it's so <laughs> important sherry to be for me to be uncomfortable with this curiosity of wow god is the headwaters of everything we find in creation expressed as gender god is the headwaters of Femininity, whatever femininity is and isn't. And God is the headwaters of masculinity and everything that it is or isn't. And there's something, it seems, through the scriptures that God is wanting to express in this utterly unique sort of category of his own Im- image bearing as man and as woman. And there's something also beautiful about God. That gets expressed when these two different parts come back mm-hmm. together totally. in relationship.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, buddy. I, you know, it's so interesting that as I've been meditating on Genesis one and Genesis two, and um, you know, again, so much under the tutelage of Bible Project, but this—it's been drawn to my attention that that word, you know, when God created Adam. Which can be translated Adam, which can be tra- you know Adam as in the male, but Adam is also the word for humanity, and then Adam humanity was broken into from the side of from the the, the half or the, the the side of this Adam humanity that at that point you could also meditate on. It's not very clear that was not yet man. It was this um, this. Humanity that hadn't yet become male and female. Mm. God took half of that, you know, half that we, we it's trained to his rib, but it's mm-hmm. side of that, um, of, of that hum, human and made a female. And then there was a male and a female mm. and they came together. So this idea of this unity with diverse like diversity that gives way to unity, one that becomes two, that becomes one. Um And differentiation and linkage, making integration. I mean, it's just so profound. But it's really been new to me to think the way the story had always been, I'd always heard it was, here's man. It's not good for man, a male, to be by himself. And so female was created rather than here was this um, sort of um, undifferentiated humanity. And it, that wasn't good, and so God created male and female, mm. separated that out, and created masculinity and femininity. And so that's kind of been um, exciting and enhanced my meditation on the on the story. So, anyways, um, yes. So this idea that that um, God gendered us, and then said the two will then become one flesh and be able to, by two that are different, finding union, new life. Mm springs forth biologically, but not yes. just biologically, um, cosmically in every way creation is taken forward.
0: That's fascinating how, as you said, Cher, there are these themes that constantly keep um, revealing themselves mm-hmm. through uh, the scriptures, that mm-hmm. we find them resurfacing again and again. And it's this idea of um, one becoming two and then two becoming one. Yes. And this re- coming home, mm-hmm. you know, is... It's return to our original destination, but knowing it for the first time. And so, I think, um, friends, what I want to ask the question, sort of the the meta question of the meta narrative of this <laughs> yes. podcast. Yes, meta is, Mo.
1: Come on, Mo. thanks,
0: meta queen. Um, <laughs> how does mature? masculinity integrate with mature femininity. Yes. That's the question. Right. And uh, it's a big idea but I ultimately want it to be uber practical. Yes. Of a world championship soccer game, of going through Starbucks, of loving your neighbor as a man, as a woman. Yes. H- how does mature femininity integrate with mature masculinity, that is the embodied expression of Jesus saying, your kingdom come yes. here and now, your mm-hmm. will be done here and now on earth in the physical realm as yes. it is in the spiritual. Yes. That's what we're after. Totally. And so friends, like you've heard at BGS, I often use this sort of mantra, desire reveals design and design reveals destiny. It's amazing how often we can uncover these truths by just starting with desire, starting with what do we long for? Where is the ache? You know, and Lewis, one of my favorite quotes, um, he says, if we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world that we were made for more, right? And so desire is really important. It's not the only thing that's important, but to just tune in, why am I so affected by femininity? And just tune in. And even the question of what is your unedited response to femininity? No shame. And that's a very general question because I bet if you're like most people, you could say, well, part of me, has this reaction and part of me has this reaction. In some instances, I feel this. In other instances, I feel that. Okay, we're on to something. What's your reaction? You know, I interact with men all the time that some of which find themselves finding femininity irresistible. Like, I can't, and thus leading to addiction or dysfunction, because I can't get enough of her. Some men find it intimidating and fearful. I Avoiding it. Avoiding her. Huh. You know, what's below that? I don't know what to do with her. I'm scared. So it can bring up shame. It can bring up fear. It can bring up need, but regardless, for most men who are alive, it brings up something. And so I want to start with like the distinctions for the human soul of what feminine brings, is intended to bring in contrast with masculine. And kind of get to, well, where does that go sideways? And then what does that look like in its more maturing forms? As the infant goes from formation in utero to child to adolescent to young adult to fully mature adult still deeply needing the other gender for full expression of humanity and so sure can we just riff and just sort of recovering ideas we've taught on before but just those ideas where you know i found the phrase that helps me that we are forged by a father but formed by a mother that there's some distinction that i find as a man where it feels like femininity brings something that's more like self-worth that feels nuanced and distinct from masculinity that feels more like self-esteem that one the feminine seems like it's very rooted in something of um the blessedness of being Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that you are loved because you exist, Mm -hmm. that there's nothing you can do or not do or say or not say that would revoke delight. Whereas there's something in the fathering and masculine has more to do with validation, love as validation compared to love as self-worth that it's, it's in movement, it's in experiences and it's still delight but it's it's, it's distinct. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, like, thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. Sure, bud. Well, um, I'm thinking about, you know, when I think it was many, many podcasts ago, but we talked a little bit about stages of development and the different needs. That we, we could say if we look through a lens of contemporary human development, personality development, even um, neurological development, physiological development, we see these different, um, and evolving needs and um, kind of what what supports human flourishing and what impedes it and so I remember you know we were meditating on that there's I think his name is Alan Shore he's a, um, a scientist maybe from UCLA or somewhere in some institution in California but he talks about that experience of an infant it, being securely attached the experience of being the sparkle in someone else's eye that there's this, um, experience that the infant has through eye contact with a caregiver, generally in the form of a mother, of "I am just glad to be with you. I am mm-hmm. so happy that you exist." And and as the infant sees and connects and attunes to the sparkle in the eye of, let's say, the mother in this case, um, that infant's body, just whole whole personhood, begins to um, indicate move bend toward flourishing. And in contrast when an infant doesn't have that that attunement, that gaze, that um, regulation with with a caregiver that is glad to be with them, um, you know, that that we see signs of distress in the in the infant and and um, um instead of flourishing, perhaps, you know, failures to thrive. And so that curiosity of okay, God, you know, when we even as um, I know that um, Heler Jonathan David and Melissa have drawn our attention you know that idea of like Abba I belong to you um, God breathe you breathed into me and the intimacy in the biblical narrative of God breathing into us and that contact of of gaze the closeness of it and then we think of Aaron's the blessing of Aaron may God make his face shine upon you his countenance may he lift it to you these these, expressions in the narrative of scripture, this, um, you know, in, in some ways we talk often about how contemporary science often corroborates that which um, the scriptures have been saying all along, mm-hmm. that the power of the, the sparkle in someone's eye, the shining countenance of our God to um, assure us. And what I think is interesting of femininity is it's, it's both, I'm glad to be with you, and it's good to be alive it's a good world Mm. you it kind of to Dallas's point the universe is a perfectly safe place to be joy is the center and the Trinity because of the Trinity joy well-being um limitless limitless adventure limitless beauty limitless um creativity limitless freshness is is the nature of reality and therefore not only is it are you worthwhile but life is worthwhile mm-hmm. that deep expression of the femininity to to with her sparkle in her eye to assure us that all shall be well and every manner of thing shall be well um it is good to be you it is good to be alive it is the cosmos is a good place to be the universe is god saturated god breathed and so um, both an expression, that feminine expression of self-worth and that feminine expression of in life is good, um, comprehensively and vitally good.
0: And what I hear you saying in it, I just love that nuance of, and come with me. Like, yes. come with me to life. Totally. Right? You are worthy of love and belonging. Yes. You are valued. And I want to welcome you yes. to life. And that's why yes. it makes sense when you, all the, the imagery of um, Mother Earth, right? And the tree of life. And literally, the, the Proverbs talk about her being the tree yes. of life yes. as she is Lady Wisdom. Like, she is generative in her essence, yes. And so she's pointing you. She's not only giving you life and filling you with life, but pointing you to life.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah, it's so good. Um, and so let's 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 back up into those young years, and then so we can talk about a transition. Because Cher, what you described was in those earliest years, it's gaze, it's affection, it's food, it's attention, it's well being, it's nourishment, it's nurture, and. It's forming the soul. It's telling you that you're safe, right? Mm-hmm. That the world's perfectly safe place. And then there comes a, what I would just name as it, a, a holy separation. There's a release. And I love some of our mentors in this, some great books on this and, and wise guides. They said like that little infant, once it, let's say she starts crawling or walking or scrambling, you know, she begins to explore knowing she can always come back home right she knows that i'm safe and then she starts differentiating and saying i'm gonna spend i'm gonna go around the corner because mom's always there and she can return to mom but that differentiation begins a process that then there comes a very uh, important release and particularly for the masculine you know, begins around three years old in the stages of development, but it continues into adulthood of that boy is becoming a man. And it is essential that the man be released and blessed to say, I release you to life. I give you to life. And I say it this way, that's so important coming from a man to receive the message from mom. I bless you. And I don't need anything from you. Mm -hmm. It's not a rejection, but it's mom saying, I'm okay. I have enough. And God is more than enough that I welcome you back anytime. Yes. But you're not required to do so. And there's only ability to come home if you've gone away and this is even this is as important in the in the meta narrative of masculine love which we'll get to in the next series and it's so vital to get this idea a man must leave in order that he can come back home because he must find his identity apart from her and in many ways apart from them mom and dad to know that his life is hidden in Christ that he knows who he is and whose he is, that he has that identity of that life that's completely rooted in God. And from that place of budding maturity can then return to a mother and father, and they can be there to do one thing, and that's to bless.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, buddy, you know, and I think it's, I can just speak for myself and I... um we t- we talk about you know that balance between autonomy and connection right like differentiation and linkage we want to be connected but we also um have that sense of and i, I want i want autonomy i want agency mm-hmm. i want to be able to as a person act out of my personhood yes. um kind of um freely as a free being and um that often you know we're, we're we're playing with those tensions of i want to be connected and i want to be um I want to have agency and and be able to um, act in the world, um, not independent, not independent in a negative sense, but um, in a positive sense. In a that 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 sense of some sense of liberty inside myself to um, live and move and have a being in God that mm-hmm. is um, connected to others, but not enmeshed with others. So. Anyways, I'm thinking as a woman also um, that has been something that I've really appreciated from my mom is she has done an awesome job saying share go. Yes. Go to Vanderbilt. Go to Colorado. M- like Mary Morgan go halfway around the c- across, you know, a continent and settle and She has done everything in her power not to make me feel guilty, not to make me feel like I'm letting her down, not to make me feel um, responsible and said, I I want to support you in your life. And Mm -hmm. it's been phenomenal and something that I hope I can emulate and so ripe for us, right, because we have two two young people who are – we are needing to practice letting them go and not trying to – Need from them, and so it's 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 right on time. But I'm right. just reflecting. I hear you describing it as a man, and I can. I, I it would be interesting to talk to other women, but I know for me, it has been a tremendous blessing to have some of a, a woman, a feminine love. I've experienced the feminine love of go. I cheer you on, run the race that's set before you. Yes. Don't, um, like don't worry about me. Like go, go, go. Not in a, not in a, um a way that is um, fracturing, but in a way that then makes me like so excited to talk to my mom. And like, I can't wait to call my mom and um, because it's so free.
0: So friends, all of this is really prologue. All of that was welcome to this series um, because we had to go there first, um, get to the foundations and really share what we're talking about. Secure attachment, right? Like if there was one umbrella term to kind of, name. What is intended? What does it look like? How do we recover it? What happens when it's damaged? What does repair look like? It's secure attachment compared to insecure attachment. And so we've taught on this a lot. There's other become good soil podcasts. Um, if you, if you have something to write with, you can just write down, um, number 81, uh, podcast episode 81 on maternal deprivation. And then there's a series, Sherry mentioned the coming home series. It's 104 and 105. Um, And then there's more, uh, 109. Um, It was from a recent intensive. So there's other podcasts to get deeper into that. But for now, I want to use that as prologue to turn a corner to, to, again, get to this core question of how does masculinity in its most mature form integrate with femininity in its most mature form. Friends, let's return to where we began this episode one in the series. How does maturing masculinity integrate with maturing femininity? Let me say it a different way. What do you experience in your body when you consider the phrase feminine? When you consider this phrase, do you find yourself scared? Do you want to move towards, move away, move against? Do you find yourself prone to self-protect? When you hear the word feminine, do you find it irresistible? nourishing? Do you find it complex? Do you find yourself satisfied or confused? Do you find yourself brimming with hope and possibility? Friends, with those questions in mind, let's take the phrase feminine love for a moment. Let's sit with these questions and allow them to locate our soul. 90 seconds, a meditation, a transition, and then we'll be back. Friends, you are brave to come with us this far. And this is all prologue. We have two more conversations to go. And so I want to give you permission and the blessing of going slow. This is meant to marinate. This is meant to take in pieces over time. So I invite you to be kind to your soul in the series. And this series is simply introduction to a big idea that we hope to explore in much more detail in the days to come. So I want to invite you to explore these core questions, to get curious about your internal response. What's surfacing in you regarding your frontier in your relationship with the women that God has placed in your life, in your care. Remember, you can share comments or ask questions via the audio recording tool at becomegoodsoil.com under Connect. And so thank you for joining Sherry and me on this part one. And we look forward to being with you for part two and part three as we explore with curiosity and hope, this terrain of feminine love, both in its precarious fall, its breathtaking redemption, and its power to bring forth even more of what God intended when God made man. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you soon.